0: Listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Lights Breakfast. And today we have with us our resident child psychologist, Katiana Asman, on the topic of ticks. So, Katiana, lots of people weigh in on this topic. How do you define what a tick actually is?
1: So, a tick is an involuntary, stress on involuntary, so they're not doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, it's an involuntary or an uncontrolled, movement or sound that they make right so a lot of people when they say ticks, they imagine kind of just people blurting out curse words or saying mm. inappropriate things mm-hmm. but they also have motor ticks, which can involve sort of jerking of the arm or a twitch in the eye so it's these movements that people ultimately can't control and it's something that can either happen at random and quite consistently or mm-hmm. sort of happen on the heels of a trigger so that kind of defines then sort of what the ticks are associated
0: to. Are ticks something that just happen overnight or do they gradually come? I mean, how do they normally work, generally speaking? So
1: from my understanding, it seems to be quite gradual. So it might start with something quite minor and then it develop into something a little bit more
0: observable
1: or a little bit more consistent. So it's something that parents might kind of brush off in the beginning and think it's sort of like, you know, the child has something in their eye or they're kind of fighting an eye infection and then eventually notice that it's not really going away. So that's usually when parents start to to kind of look into it.
0: And do we know why they get gradually more prominent? That's kind
1: of the interesting thing about ticks is that we don't really know kind of why it happens from a uh, physiological or biological perspective. So some have argued or some some neurologists have kind of looked into whether there might be sort of sharp changes in electrical activity in the brain or whether there's changes in sort of your dopamine and serotonin levels within the brain or whether that's kind of making it happen. But ultimately, we don't really know why these ticks take place or why it manifests in that way. So it's still very much a mystery. But when we look at ticks, there seems to be two or at least from my understanding, there seems to be two very clear directions with which tics can kind of exist. The first is very much within the neurological world. So conditions such as Tourette syndrome, which we've seen portrayed in the media quite often, mm-hmm. um, is one of the common neurological conditions that are associated with tics. And then we also have sort of the mental health direction where individuals who are experiencing some severe stress or anxiety might manifest tics as well when they've experienced a particular trigger. So it is very clear confusing for parents sometimes to try to figure out whether this is an indication of a neurological condition or whether it is mental health related. But these two sort of directions tend to be involved in tics.
0: Are those two different situations, like the neurological or the mental health side, are they treated differently?
1: Definitely. So if we're looking at it from a neurological perspective, then usually there's like a genetic component. So it might run in families or there might be something happening Mm. from a neurological angle. So a doctor might request something like an MRI to be able to verify whether or not an individual has tics. Now, tics look very different for different people. So yes, you know, like I said, in the media, you might often see Tourette's as something that is people kind of just pursing out words, not being able to control what they're saying. But Tourette's can also be very much something more physical. So it could be things like throat clearing, or it could be like, you know, again, a twitch in the face or sort of in the facial region. Mm-hmm. It could be jerking off the shoulder, rapid blinking, biting your lip. There's just mm-hmm. a whole list, if you were to look it up, of what the symptoms could look like. But what they are in Tourette's are definitely something that's quite consistent. They would usually start manifesting at around five to seven years of age, from my understanding. So very much In early childhood mm-hmm. Which is why A lot of parents Tend to ignore it Because they think It's just like a quirk That their child Or a bad habit right? or, or a phase Or a bad habit right? right I remember like You know My grandmother Even saying to me That if a child Develops like a tick Don't say anything Like don't draw Their attention oh. to it Because that will Just make it worse Right Is that so I true? Think that, is
0: there any truth um, to that?
1: Well from the mental health Perspective And I did read an article By the NHS That said that If you do focus On the tick Or you speak to an individual Who has ticks And you draw attention to it They tend to tick even more so there is some link to that but I think it also perpetuates this whole don't address it mindset that parents might have sort mm-hmm. of when they have little kids who present with ticks but with Tourette's it's something that can or usually manifest between the ages of five to seven or five to ten I think was the window that I read and so these are things that are quite consistent so they're happening quite regularly and they happen often without a trigger so it's not because the child's you know hyper focusing on something or stressed or had a bad day at school or there's something that you can kind of put your finger on, Mm -hmm. it's quite continuous. And some people report that it tends to change. So you might have a verbal tick one day and then a motor tick the next. And Mm. it's kind of quite erratic in that sense. So I would say that if it's something that, you know, is happening in that sort of direction, then definitely worth having a neurological investigation into it. But when we're looking sort of from a mental health perspective, like I mentioned, if the child is, say, being called up to the front of the class to present in front of all of his or her classmates, or um, they've been reprimanded by by their teacher in front of everyone, or by their parents, or mm. they're in a crowd and they're not comfortable. It's usually situations that induce quite a fair amount of stress or anxiety that would then trigger a tick. So that's kind of how I tell parents to differentiate which of the two is likely the source of the tick happening. Interesting. We're with our resident child psychologist, Katiana Asman, with us here today on the topic of ticks. And the next question we have for you, uh, Katiana, is how do you know who to take your child to first, a psychologist or a neurologist? So you know I always tell parents When you're not sure Start with your doctor Right So you mm-hmm. don't have to go To a specialist You could just go to your GP Or family doctor Or even a pediatrician If you have any concerns And generally They will direct you In the right direction But if say You kind of want to go Direct to the source Then what I would tell parents Is anything motor skill related mm. More times than not It is a neurological Or it's medical right. right So there are very few Conditions that fall Under the umbrella Of psychology That affect an individual individual's motor skills. Mm. So if you have a child who's struggling with things like coordination or even fine motor or gross motor things like walking or writing and things like that or dressing themselves and also with ticks, I would always tell parents it's not a bad idea just to rule out a medical foundation or a medical cause for what's going on because you don't want to risk missing something and then thinking that it was mental health and doing talk therapy and not having any improvement. Right. So I would say that if there is anything motor skill related, then I would absolutely just for peace of mind get it medically assessed. But if you're noticing that the child very much only has these tics when they are under situations of predictable stress. So your child is maybe somebody who struggles with a little bit of social anxiety, doesn't like crowds, doesn't Mm. like public speaking. And this always happens in those environments, right? Right. But if the child is like not in those environments, they're perfectly, you know, fine. The tics are not happening. Then it's probably likely that it's, you know, stress-related. So if you're noticing a very, very clear pattern, then you're welcome to bring your child to a psychologist or a psychiatrist who can support you or a behavior therapist who could help you with that. And again, if the psychologist or psychiatrist suspects it is medical, they will refer you back out to a doctor anyway. Mm. So there's really no harm in picking which one, which option is more accessible to you but the general rule for me at least with all of my clients is if it's motor skill related let's get the medical side looked into first.
0: Earlier on you kind of mentioned how you know if a child starts sort of clear their throat more regularly or blinking or having sort of what you call a small ism mm. you either don't address it because you don't want to cause anxiety to amplify it but also mm-hmm. you don't want to draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. What kind of time frame are we talking about from when you notice your kid doing something like how long should you watch and wait before Mm. you kind of go okay it's not just a phase
1: Well, from what I've read, you know, it seems to be that if a child's presenting with a tick to try to address it as soon as you notice it happening regularly. So if it happened once and it doesn't ever again or it doesn't happen for like another like six months, then I would probably just let it be. But if it's happening like on day one and then you're seeing it on day two and day three and day Mm -hmm. four and by after about a week or two, Mm -hmm. it seems to be something quite consistent. Then the advice seems to be that if there's a, you know, when a parent recognizes that a tick is occurring consistently Mm -hmm. to get it addressed. Right, mm-hmm. because again we are concerned that there might be a medical issue that could impact the child's functioning so that seems to be the advice um, but from what I understood about tics generally they don't last for more than three months at a time so okay. some parents could potentially kind of wait that period out mm. and see whether or not it evolves or whether or not it improves mm. um, I've had some clients who come to me who say that their child has presented with tics for years mm. so definitely not typical in those situations Mm-hmm. Um so yeah so I think it's it it really depends on if you're seeing it quite regularly so there hasn't really been a reprieve regardless mm. of what situations your child has been in in that time frame then probably just get it checked out but if it's happening as and when and there's like breaks in between where nothing really happens right. just observe it until you notice whether it's impacting on your child's functioning
0: what kind of impact on the psyche does it have, whether it's from a mental health perspective or from a neurological perspective, if mm-hmm. left untreated on the child?
1: So from my understanding, ticks are not life-threatening. So it's not something that's going to be fatal at some point or terminal. It's, of course, if it is a very visible or very you know observable motor tick, it could kind of get them in a little bit of trouble in terms of bumps and scrapes. And if they're getting into a car, whether that's safe, things like that. Right. But in terms of the tick, itself impacting upon lifespan, there seems to be no connection unless it's linked to like a higher or more complex neurological condition like say Parkinson's or right. or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking at Tourette's and your everyday tick, if that's mm-hmm. even such, yes. a th- such a term, it's not going to impact lifespan. But one of the things that they do seem to talk about a lot is how they impact social development. Because especially with young children, because remember, the ticks often manifest at around five to seven or 10 years of age. So mm-hmm. when they're sort of in the early Early years of school. This is going to make it very difficult for them to socialize and a mm. lot of kids with ticks are the target of bullying. Mm. Right. So there seems to be a lot discussed within the realm of that. So I think that that seems to be more the concern on how the kids are going to function within their social environment versus whether there's an impact on their physical
0: health. And your child... See the doctor, does have a tick. Can you clear a tick? I mean, is it gone forever if you manage to stop it?
1: Well, if it's a neurological issue, there are a lot of medical interventions that could reduce the frequency of ticks to the extent where it's almost not observable anymore. So definitely in that perspective, when it comes to the mental health side of things, it really does depend on whether we can address the cause of the stress or anxiety that is triggering the tick, right? But ultimately, it is something that can be managed or the Goal is to make it to a, get it to a point where it can be managed. Where it's pretty much not observable And especially from, again, the, the psychological perspective If we address the issue that's instigating it Oftentimes the ticks diminish altogether And you're not seeing it happen But when it comes to, you know, neurological issues like Tourette's It might still be something that still occurs Like you can't make Tourette's vanish You can't cure mm-hmm. Tourette's It's yeah. it's a lifelong condition But it is something that, again, like a lot of conditions in this day and age Can be managed sufficiently mm. Where the individual can function and you can barely notice it
0: Thank you so much, Cass- Tatiana, we've been on a Growing Pains talking about ticks. You can listen to this conversation again on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.